Welcome, listeners, to another exciting episode of the Me and Big Dave Show. Today, we have a special guest who I'm very happy to have on here, who is a maestro in the world of music production. He's not just shaping sounds, he's crafting experiences, and join us in welcoming the incredibly talented music producer, JT on the Beat Bowling, and we talk about so many things, so let's get ready to dive into the rhythm and stories behind the beats on this episode of the Me and Big Dave Show. All right, folks, welcome to the Me and Big Dave podcast episode. Uh, Today, we have another special guest with us, a wonderful musician, talented person, great producer and artist in his own right. A good friend of mine, my cousin, ladies and gentlemen, I am honored to have Mr. JT Bowling on the show. JT, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited about this. Yeah, well, good deal. Yeah, Uh, I've been excited to get the podcast going and get it started and everything. Uh, I want to welcome you to the Big Dave, me and Big Dave show. Um, One of the first people I wanted to have on my show was yourself uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, One of the reasons being uh, just the person you are, the guy you are. Uh, You've been there for me in a lot of different aspects of my life, my musical career. Also, uh, this is an opportunity for people to hear your story uh, in music and for people to understand, you know, basically how you got started, things like that, uh, and give you the props that you deserve here on this platform. So I just want to, once again, thank you for coming on and, uh, let you know, I'm real excited to have you on as a guest. Well, man, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be, be on the, on the podcast with you. And, uh, I couldn't think of a better person to be hosting it than you. So, well, it is the me and Big Dave show, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, man, basically, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the show and ask you, um, if you could, just tell me a little bit about your background, your influences, uh, how'd your journey into production and music begin, and uh, who are some of your influences? Okay. Um, at an early age, I, I had a real diverse uh music upbringing uh my mother was an aspiring country singer um and uh you know had a lot of a lot of music talent in my uh, family especially on my mother's side uh great grandmother was a was a master banjo player and uh a lot of uh my my cousin jeff blair was the front man for rim shot who my mother also sang with uh um and then, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, I guess the community I grew up in, you know, it was, uh, you know, a lot of diverse different music around me, you know, from, you know, country music, rock and roll, uh, and, and even the, you know, the, I watched the early stages of hip hop, you know, through our childhood, you know, we watched how hip hop, you know, kind of went from, you know, almost being exclusively underground to being mainstream and, uh, um, you know, so that really kind of, you know, helped me, you know, have, a, I think, a lot of different inspirations to draw from. Um, 
as far as uh you know wanting to be a musician and an artist uh getting into production uh kind of was uh you know something i felt like i if i didn't do i wouldn't you know be who i am today uh you know I, it was hard to really find anyone to take me serious or you know studios to record at and uh you know there was you know back when the, when we were young there wasn't a whole lot of music studios now it seems like any artist has their own home studio so um yeah um you know getting into production it was one of those things where i basically had to put in the hard work to learn how to do it myself you know uh and um you know one of your you know homeboys is really one of the people that helped me uh you know really get my first studio going and and that's uh josh oe english yeah you know, or you know i bought my first uh uh, digital uh, mixing console from him and uh, uh, there's a lot of history behind that mixer because that's uh, a mixer that nappy roots used to record on yeah so um you know uh well you know i don't want to interrupt you or anything but you know i'm gonna have josh on here as a guest for the podcast eventually as well and uh that's one of the things that i want to bring up uh for our listeners uh i you know i was in a group for a while, the good old boys, GOB, uh, and you did a lot of production for a, a lot of our records. Uh, when I did the solo project, the Ziploc, the Ziploc mixtape, you did all the production on that as well. And uh, when I have Josh O.E. English on this podcast, you know, that's something I want our listeners to understand. I, I, I think Josh is like a hip hop historian. You know, uh, for uh, sure. Uh, for sure. He the calls rap him nerd. Yeah, he calls himself the rap nerd. He 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 is one of those people that really digs into the genre of hip hop. And uh, you know, I, I've said this many a times to you, I know in our private conversations. Um, you know, there's so many people in this area and so many people now rap has become or hip hop has become the go to for a lot of the younger generation. Um there's a lot of guys that are making music, guys and girls that are making music in our area now. Um, really, you know, don't understand that we were, you know, other than like Nappy Roots and you had, what was it, uh, 1183? Is that the moon? Street Made. Street uh, Made. Unlock Records. Yeah. A lot was, of them. I mean, but that's about it. Yeah, those were the people that set the groundwork for uh, the hip-hop scene in this area. I mean, of course, like I said, Nappy Roots, you know, was the big boom. But uh, a lot of these younger artists, I think, don't realize the history behind that. So I'm glad you brought up O.E., yeah. And I remember him getting you that mixing board. And uh, now, didn't you start off with the Triton? I started off with a Triton, yes. Uh, Triton L.E. Music Workstation. That's and, awesome. Uh, it was one of the best music investments I ever made. Uh, it, it really, uh, it, it, it was uh, real intimidating at first, you know, trying to, uh, you know, uh, get the grasp of that monster. But, uh, you know, it really uh, set the, it set the foundation for, you know, my uh, eventual uh, transition from going from digital and analog equipment to the, the computer side of it you know because that's where music production is you know is when is to you know uh you know daw's digital audio workstations and uh so yeah man uh triton le it was uh made by korg yeah it was a 
It's a very nice keyboard. Um, you know. Yeah. Now it for those listening that may not understand how it was in the Stone Age when we started. Uh, <laughs> You didn't have you didn't have the digital audio workstations unless you were at a big time studio, uh, uh, and so everything that we that you produced uh, on that Triton, the sounds, whatever sounds you had on that board, that's what you had to work with. You you couldn't just type into a a, a search bar, I want a triangle or I want a, a sub bass. So, kind of explain to me and the listeners out there how you went about like uh learning that process and learning how to work that triton in and out well i um i lost a lot of sleep (laughs) (laughs) for a a lot of nights uh and basically trial and error you know um it came with a you know an instruction manual of course uh but it was i want (laughs) to it was almost like it was written in french (laughs) yeah uh, so it was, uh, you know, it was really hard to interpret, but I mean, really just trial and error and, uh, you know, learning from my mistakes. You know, if I did something wrong, you know, I would just try to learn from, okay, don't do that next time. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, like you said, I mean, you couldn't, uh, this thing didn't even, like you had to buy a different attachment for it that I never ended up getting to even be able to like sample live sounds into it. But, you know, it came with uh you know, thousands of preset sounds and stuff, but you just basically had the, you know, little, you know, knob that turned that you could, you know, go from sound bank to another sound bank. And, you know, you just search for the sounds that you wanted and, and that's how you would create, you know? Um, and, you know, uh, basically it, it had a built-in sequencer and, you know, uh, and I know you probably remember, uh, you know, from the rolling keyboards, uh, you know, the, they were a little bit more user friendly as far as doing like tracking out final versions of songs before you would bounce them to a mixer and, and get ready to record a song on where this Triton, you know, we literally had to do almost a live performance as an export to, you know, while recording it to a digital mixer. <laughs> yeah, man. You through, see- uh, you're using terms these kids don't even know when you're talking about bouncing it to a mixer. They've never had to do that. Yeah, they're, <laughs> I, that's why I even tried to say export because they would probably understand what that means. But literally, like you said, we we called it bouncing. You yeah. know, that's where we'd bounce it to a mixer. <laughs> yeah. And they'll have to just Google that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's great, man. That's awesome. That's why I like doing this podcast and this show, man, because, you know, there's going to be people listening to it. And, you know, one of the things that I I always ask people is, you know, how'd you get started, you know, and what was your journey into your profession? And uh, it was like when I was talking to Paul, you know, I said, all of us will have a different story, but there will be similar similarities in there, you know. So that's what that's one of the great things I love about this is being able to ask that question. Uh, second part of that question, who who were some of your influences? I know you said your mother and your grandmother and you had some family influences, but um, other than family and things like who are some of your influences in the music world that you listen to that made you think, you know what, if I just if I had the time to do it and could learn it, I would like to do something like that. Well, um you know the the first studio actual studio experience I ever got was a uh, with uh, a choir director. I was in a church choir and and like coming out of middle school into high school, a guy named Steve Broderson. Uh, 
actually, you know, helped me make my first few beats and record my first songs on a reversible eight track, like on actual tape recorder. And, um, you know, uh, it was a really good experience. Uh, he definitely, uh, you know, lit a fire in me as far as wanting to learn more about, you know, producing and engineering. Um, but then, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, watching the local music scene in Bowling Green, you know, um, like we were talking about, you know, pre nappy roots, you know, there was guys like you, the good old boys, you and you and Josh, you guys were some of my biggest influences because I saw the music you guys were making and how much fun you were having doing it. And, uh, I, I like that literally, like, I was just like, man, you know, if, if they're, they're doing it, you know, and having so much fun, like that could be me too, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, you know, like, like you said, my mother being a singer, you know, all the music around me, even though it was not, you know, hip hop and R and B music, uh, um, you know, Caleb Robinson, uh, I played with him and Daniel Tishner, who's a member of Cage the Elephant. Like, you know, oh, I, yeah, you know, but before my hip hop days, uh, you know, I really was a musician. I played guitar. A lot of people, you know, still to this day don't realize that a lot of my beats actually have guitar in them. But like I was a guitar player first. That's the first instrument that I really taught myself to play. And, uh, you know, um, I you know, uh, the late nineties, uh, hip hop, you know, movement, you know, uh, just the, the production, the producers that were coming out like Timberland, uh, Lil John, um, you know, uh, of course, Dr. Dre, um, you know, and even then pre predating them, like Rick Rubin, people like that, you know, I mean, these are just mainstream inspirations, but somebody who really helped me, um, just grow as a producer and engineer is a guy named Jonathan Roby was the, uh, uh, engineer and, uh, one of the members of street made okay. uh, records and, uh, J Rowe took me under his wing and, uh, literally just, it was like, he, he, he helped me put a and B and C together. And it, right. uh, it just, you know, without, without J Rowe, you know, really helping me there and, you know, guys like you and, and Josh and, you know, even with the success of Nappy Roots, uh, even after Atlantic Records, you know, working with B Steel and Big V, like, you know, it just, uh, a lot of people really, you know, saw, you know, something in me and them believing in me. And then, and, and then, you know, most notably J Row, Jonathan Roby, uh, you know, um, he, Man, he uh, he created a monster, you know. Uh, you know yeah, he uh, did. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, he really helped me figure out how to arrange my beats, and you know, just uh, I don't know where I'd be without J. Row and you know a few other people. But you know, that's my, you know, I guess I hope I answered that, you know. Well oh no, it, no, that's perfect, man. You know, and it's a, it's a similar story that you'll hear. Uh, between a lot of artists and producers and musicians, uh, there is, you know, one person 
that actually kind of had the key to unlock the door for you, you know? And once that door was open, it was like, Oh wow, there's a whole nother world here. And J row was one of those people for you. And, uh, that's, yeah, I know now he's, he's done a lot of big things, uh, after afterwards, you know, I know he's produced a lot of hit records. So, uh, that's another local talent around here. You know what I mean? That's, that's done it big, man. Exactly. So, um, I want to get in a little bit and talk a little bit about your creative process. Uh, kind of walk me through, um, you know, if you're wanting to produce, not necessarily if you have an artist say, Hey, I want you to make this, but when you're making, when you're making beats or you're making music, kind of walk me through your creative process of, kind of what you how you do that and what's what's your formula or do you have a formula well i you know i i'd like to say that i have a formula but i mean uh you know um it's it's evolved over the years you know now i can literally i think i could sit down and you know kind of do what what i want to do you know uh you know and that just came with the you know experience and time but uh you know, starting out when I was younger, the, you know, a lot of stuff, even though, you know, I didn't have that experience and, you know, time put in back then, like the creative process, like uh, some of the things I've done in the beginning were so like, I guess the fire and the, uh, how I was so driven, like the rawness of the sound is, is, is actually beautiful to me. You know, when I go back and listen mm -hmm. to some of the early stuff that I've done, yeah, there may be quality lacking here and there. And, you know, in, uh, inexperience stands out in some of the mixes and, you know, as far as EQ and stuff, but like, you know, the, the melodies were always there. And so like, you know, uh, yeah, I used to, especially when I had that Triton, you know, I'd pick my tempo out and I'd get my little, you know, hand clap or snare that I'd want. And I'd get my, you know, my metronome and, you know, uh, you know how your measures count out, you know, like one, two, clap, four, one, two, clap. And, you know, and, and then I would just kind of like, you know, get that basic, you know, bounce going. And then I would layer my, you know, my melodies over it. You know, I might not like a melody and, you know, trash it and start over. But, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've realized late too late that you know i used to delete too much stuff early on in the beginning and uh now i don't delete anything if you know i start on something and i get stuck you know i'll save it and i'll just revisit it later um but uh you know it's you know the creative process like uh, uh you know I, I i love to sample i didn't like the sample in the beginning uh, a lot of that was because you know sampling wasn't as easy as it is now you know yeah uh, you know uh um but you know uh trying to uh uh find motivation isn't hard uh you know uh ideas pop into my head you know i could be laying in bed at you know 2 a.m and and i'll be humming a melody and i can go straight to the triton which i still use as a uh more of a uh, MIDI controller, <laughs> right? But, yeah, you know, but I still, I still use the Triton to this day, um, you know, because it's it's comfortable and it works. But uh, but you know, I can go to it and you know jot that melody down, you know, and I may not want to finish the beat, but you know, uh, that melody will be there, and I, that way I don't forget. Man, what was I humming in my head last night? You know, 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of, you know, how I do what I do. I mean, you know, ideas come and go, but, you know, especially if I'm close to a, you know, a, a way to capture them, you know, I'll try to lay those ideas down and, uh, yeah. Well, that's probably one of the, I know that's the beauty when I had my own uh, studio, that's the beauty of having it right there at the house, because like you said, you could be in bed humming a melody in your head and you, you just like, you know, I got to get up and get this down. You know, I've got to get, I've got to get, get it recorded or at least a skeleton of what I'm thinking, you know, so you don't lose it because I know for a fact, there's been plenty of times I've had ideas for songs or melodies or something in my head. And then. You if I don't have it in your head and you didn't, you couldn't yeah. didn't write it down or, you know, exactly. And then it's gone. It. It's gone. Not necessarily the next day. I mean, in 15 minutes, it could be gone. So, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's the beauty of having that. So <clears throat> moving along, I know that you've, uh, done a lot of production for a lot of different artists. Uh, you've collaborated with so many great artists. Um, are there any memorable collaborations that you can tell me about and uh also kind of discuss the importance of synergy between a producer and an artist so if you don't mind i i, I don't mind well uh you know one of my favorite uh projects all time was the, was the ziploc mixtape oh well thank uh, you <laughs> you're, you're very familiar with uh um just because of the fact that uh you know it was a uh, it was a uh, it was something that I got to participate a lot in, um, you know, as far as actually writing as well as, uh, you know, just, uh, engineering and, you know, getting to, you know, record, uh, but, uh, you know, getting to work with you and watch you collab with, uh, a lot of other artists, uh, you know, uh, you know, God rest his soul, Houston Johnson, um, you know, everybody knows, uh, you know, ODZ, you know, Mr. Yeah. Innocent, you know, Jermaine Overton, you know, uh, rapper hustle, you know, it goes by a lot of different, uh, <laughs> aliases, but I mean, you had a lot of great features on there as well as with, uh, you know, your, your, your other group mates, uh, OE and, and Cam Lowe. I mean, uh, it was just a great quality project and, uh, but it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, uh, so that's, uh, you know, one memorable, project that uh that, and then i also to this day think it's one of the best quality sounding you know projects that came from this this area um uh, you know not that you know mu other artists music isn't sounding good but i mean you know it, it was just it was just a well put together project plus i think how we stayed consistent with it i think we recorded that project over like maybe a two three week period from if that man <laughs> yeah and i mean and, that's uh, taking days off i think too. man you was going hard you yeah know? and uh but uh that that was a fun project uh and uh you know um you know collabing with uh you know um Cleese on darkest before dawn it's a, oh yeah yeah you can find that out there and on the you know, the social media platforms and music platforms, uh, uh, cash got bars, uh, rapper named cash local. Um, um, then, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, people will talk about, you know, the, the song I had with up church, the redneck, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that was a memorable collaboration. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, it was a, you know, kind of a blessing in disguise, you know, uh, 
but uh, you know, it, it's uh, you know, I really, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I have that nobody's heard. You know, there's some so many collaborations. Uh, you know, there was an album I did with Houston Johnson, the Trap Boys for Life (TFL), mm-hmm. uh, and it was a it was a great project. Uh, but um, you know, really collaborating with you on the uh, Ziploc. Uh, collaborating with Houston on the uh, Trap Boys for Life. Um, you know, uh, I've did a lot of work with, uh, you know, the Welcome to Vet City with uh, Young Jack, uh, or Little Jack is what some people may call him, you know, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many memorable uh, experiences and collaborations. I mean, I, I hope I didn't forget any, but. You know. Well, that, <clears throat> that's the thing I kind of wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, I, another thing, like when I talk about you and the production and the things that you've done, uh, you're, you're, the roots of your music ha- ha- run deep. And uh, you've been able to touch so many over the, I mean, how many years have you been doing it? Just, just production wise, how many years do you think you've been doing that? I'd say consistent, consistently since uh, the day and, I want to say it was 2002 or three. All right. And bought that Triton at Sam Ash music. And (laughs) so we're talking Uh, 20 years of, of consistently. And the one thing I'll say about you is, uh, you was always willing to open your doors for, for artists and, uh, and, and helping, helping some of these guys get started, uh, helping people get an opportunity uh, that they may not have gotten, uh, or, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've had to charge people for time and everything, but I don't think you ever charged an arm or a leg. I think you were always reasonable with your prices. And, uh, so, you know, give yourself credit for that, uh, that you've been able to touch and reach so many different people. I'm sure there's people that you've recorded that you probably can't even remember about, you know? So, you know, uh, throw one more name out there, Philip Coleman. Everybody knew him as Philly Phil. I think yeah. the produ- producer name he goes by now is Ness, mm-hmm. N-E-S. But uh, like to watch where me and him, uh, you know, grew from the Silverback era, you know, and uh, the, um, you know, to watching him go and produce for Bryson Tiller and having a number one Billboard hit and don't is just you know, unbelievable, you know, so props to, to Philip Coleman. Philly um, Phil. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like, like you said, man, I mean, the, I, I'm really proud of, you know, what I have been able to accomplish, but, you know, um, I was always unsure of myself as an artist, even though I was able to contribute in songs, whether I sung a chorus or just rapped a verse, you know, I always felt like I just could never really, do the solo artist thing, even though I tried, uh, it was you guys like you and other artists that were able to put words to my music to make them songs and not just beats anymore, you know? So, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was something I really liked watching unfold over the years is, you know, collaborating with so many different people and them making me better as a producer and engineer, you know, you know, some guys would come in the studio and, and literally challenge me. You know, and uh, <laughs> I would be pulling my hair out trying to get things right, but you know, it, it you know, it, it just it, you know, good good artists will make you a better producer, uh, better engineer. You know, uh, 
So I was blessed to work with a lot of talent, man. I really was. And that's kind of back to what I was saying in the second part of that question, you know, the synergy, how important that is between a producer and, and an artist. Do you feel as if uh, the the better the energy and the synergy is between the producer and the artist, do you, do you think that that puts out a better product, a uh, final product? Or do you just think, hey, you know, if the beat's hot and the artist, if they're doing their thing right, it's going to be good? Or what's, what's your uh, outlook on that? Um, well, I mean, that's a, a great question. Good point. Uh, you know, like, for instance, uh, you know, uh, Chris Hutchinson, the guy they call Cash Got Bars, hashtag Cash Got Bars. Working with him, like uh, me and him, we worked really well together, uh, like, you know, because he's an artist who, you know, he has a lot of talent lyrically. Like this guy can, like when he writes you know, he just, it's like, he's, he's a wordsmith, you know, and the same thing goes for like Jermaine Overton, you know, and it's, uh, you know, but they also ask my input and, you know, make me feel like, you know, they trust me yeah. with help helping them, you know, arrange courses. Okay. Well, don't spit this four bars of the hook all together spit this measure and this measure and this measure and then we're going to come back on another track and fill it in here so we can pan this here to the left and pan this to the right and you know like they'll 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 listen to me and you know try things uh maybe a, a different way whereas also you know you know i've worked with artists that'll make me try things a different way in the recording process so you know like uh like you said you know um, that's very important being able to work with our artists because, you know, I've had, you know, experiences where, you know, you just want to turn the damn power off. <laughs> <laughs> we're closed. Yeah. Sorry, we're closed. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and, the, and the night be over. So, you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, uh, and I'll be honest, uh, you know, I want to throw this point in there, you know, uh, owning a studio made me better as an engineer, um, you know, and, and recording stuff like that. But it also, over time, I think it, uh, you know, uh, and I'm glad that I'm over that now, but, uh, it, you know, it became more like a business and mm -hmm. it, 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 it started to not be fun. And right. uh, if that makes any sense, uh, Oh, I, absolutely. I, you know, so, uh, you know, I really, uh, you know, went through some things, uh, you know, especially after the, the church success. And, uh, you know, I'm back to a spot in my life where, you know, the creative process now is a beautiful thing because, like, I really love enjoying making music again. And, uh, you know, and uh, that comes from, you know, you know, working with people like you, like me and you had good synergy, I think. But you were also one of those people that you 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 had an a direction and an idea and you were you're very talented you know so it would be like you know but also you would empower me as as the engineer to help you make that become a success and uh you know so you are one of those people that made me better as an engineer too i, I hope you know that well i appreciate that man and you know anytime i went to the studio whether it be a a good old boys project, a hip hop project, or even when I did the uh, uh, next album and things like that with Shot Time of Cigarettes, uh, the person recording the project can make you or break you. You know, they really can. And if you're putting off this 
pompous attitude as an artist or if you're being difficult with that person. Uh, I know from experience when I used to record people, sometimes, like you said, you just want to cut the power off, you know, and you can't really <laughs> do that sometimes. So you're just like, you know what? I don't care what this sounds like as long as he gets out of my booth right now, <laughs> you know, as long right. as this person wraps it up and gets out of this area and I can have my time away from this person. So, you know, being a, as an artist, and that's a little tip for any aspiring artists out there, you know, make sure that uh, you're being nice to your producer and, 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 and listening to them because I guarantee you, you're not the first person they've recorded. And sometimes they're going to hear things that you're not going to hear. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one thing I learned at a young age in recording. Um, now, speaking of the industry and things like that, you know, uh, we was talking earlier about how much things have changed uh, since we started. Uh, what's your take on the current state of not necessarily hip hop, but the current state of music and, and, and everything going on with the way that things have changed? Uh, are there any particular trends uh, of changes that have uh, caught your attention in the past few years? Uh, well, uh you know the the quality of the music sound the, of the sound of the music is 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 better than it's ever been. I mean, of course, technology and 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 everything with that, and you know, music sounds good. You know, but the uh, I think sometimes you know, and this is going to make me sound like an old head. The the content and whatnot is. Uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, hip hop artists of all time, E40, had a song that said, They'll have a new guy next year, you know, and uh, that's kind of what <laughs> I see. <laughs> you know, he didn't say guy, but you know, I can't say that word, but you know, they'll, they'll have a new guy next year, you know, and uh, that's really what how I view mainly like the pop, RB, hip hop genres of music, right? And, I mean, you can even say that I've seen it in country music too. Man, these guys, it's 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 like one hit wonder after one hit wonder after one hit wonder. Right. Um, I don't see anybody really having longevity in the music industry anymore. Or and maybe I'm just not paying attention as much. But right. I mean, uh, you know, like from our childhood, you know, we listened to a lot of people in the eighties that we also heard from in the nineties. You mm -hmm. know, whereas since probably the millennium, you know just that you got to be really good, have a really good following, you know, uh, in, in the, in the era of social media and uh, advertising and marketing. And that's why, I mean, you know, they'll have a new guy next year. It's like, you know, you gain a little too much weight or, you know, or you say the wrong thing publicly, put a post up that you shouldn't put up, yeah. you know, your, your whole career can be wiped out by cancel culture in a matter of seconds. Yeah, you know, that's true. You, you you press send on the wrong thing on the internet and, you know, <laughs> before you know it, they're talking about you on TMZ and, you know, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, like, uh, there's a lot of good music being made, a lot of good producers and engineers. And that's one thing at the, especially on the, the big level, you know, you, you see the star space, you hear their voice, but like, you know, I like to pay attention to who's who's behind the boards, who, who's, who's the companies that are, you know, putting this music out, and, right. uh, you know, because that's, you know, really, you know, something I've noticed is like, I'll like a song, 
and and I'll I'll hear it and I, I don't care nothing about the artist, but I know who the producer is because of a trademark that they've done in the song that I'm, I've heard on another song, you know. Yeah. And uh, so you know I listen to music, you know, in a weird way, you know, if I really like the artist, I'm gonna, you know, give the the lyrics and the content and you know stuff a a, a, a solid listen the first go round, but usually when I'm evaluating music. I'm listening to how it's been arranged, how it's been mixed, you know, what the frequencies are doing. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, uh, listen to music solely like, because I love a producer, you know, yeah. um, you know, so I hope that kind of answered the question. I may have. Well, no. Uh, and you know, one of the things you pointed out that I think in my opinion, I, I agree with as well. Um, <clears throat> With today's culture and today's society, you know, everybody is used to little 15 second snippets, you know, on the Internet uh, and everything moves so fast. Like you said, the quality has gotten better, but I think we've dumbed ourselves down and the, we have attention spans of goldfish, it seems like. So, you know, like <laughs> the person. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you could have a really big hit or you could have a, a really great song. And, you know, you, you'll hear it on the radio, you'll hear it on TV, you'll hear it on Reels, you'll hear it on YouTube, you hear it on Spotify, you hear it on all these different platforms. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's gone the next day. You know, <clears throat> a song could be a hit right now and you wouldn't hear it again for another three or four years. Uh, and also, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the artists today that are doing music are really spoiled to the fact of... You know, you can go make a make a song, get it produced, cut, mix, mastered, and have it out that same night on, on, for the world to hear. Um, you know, yeah, put you it really, on. You really can. You really can. Yeah. So you know, it's like there's there's this there's this demand. I feel as if now to where it's like, well, we need something new. We need something new. We need something new. We need something new. And whereas the next best thing. Right. And even even artists, I mean, you look at I don't know who it was. Uh, I saw something like two chains or something dropped like four or five projects within a year and a half, you know, and and y y the turnover rate to where things get old really fast now. So, you know, to me, sometimes I feel like as an artist, you know, your best your best music is a part of you. And there's only so many pieces of the pie you can cut out until there's no more pie left. So at some point you're just copy and paste, you know? And, and so I, I definitely agree with you on that when it comes to content. Uh, I think you actually may have helped ex uh, explain my point a lot better. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, <clears throat> well, I mean, that's just the thing that I, I've noticed myself. So what you're saying is, is something that I totally agree with. Um, Next, I want to ask you, uh, you know, all musicians, producers, all artists, all of us, we have challenges in life and things like that. Uh, tell, tell me and the listeners, what are some of the challenges that you've faced when it comes to your musical career? Um, uh, watching uh, everybody, like, have, start to get home studios and, uh, you know, uh, where, like you were saying, how, you know, you can literally cut a record. It's, uh, 
you know, the, uh, which I, you know, everybody should have freedom of expression and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, but it's like, uh, it was a blessing for me to actually see the, you know, the, the rise in home studios because it forced me to get back to how I even got into the situation to begin with was because of the love for music, you know? So, you know, um, you know, just, uh, you know, get, uh, getting, getting away from, you know, the, the true driving force behind what, you know, uh, inspired me or, you know, gave me, you know, uh, uh, a, a hunger to, you know, be creative, uh, you know. So do you uh, feel like, do you feel like people having home studios kind of cut out your, uh, your, the more of the producing that you were doing because people felt like they could just do it at home? Or is that one that you like? Well, uh, it's, it's not just that because, uh, you know, if you're a good engineer <clears throat> like I am, cause I, I want to kind of walk that back a little bit because like I still could engineer and run a studio you know, it'd be really competitive because there's a lot of talent, you know, especially here locally, you know, because of what we, I feel like, you know, and I don't, I hope nobody feels like their toes are being stepped on, but our generation, you know, we really were responsible for the, the, the seed of hip hop being planted here in South Central. Yeah. You, you know, uh, um, so with saying that, you know, I could still, you know, because of what I've done, it, it would there's there but there's some there's some young kids out here uh my daughter being one of them you know that are just they they are fully capable and uh uh very knowledgeable and skilled engineers you know so i mean you know but uh in, youtube beats uh soundcloud stuff like that the uh, accessibility for artists to go just rip a beat from some place or uh, yeah. lease a beat. You know, I used to sell beats in the early 2000s just to my local friends or whatever. That They might not even go out and publish this beat and put it out, but, you know, 200 bucks a beat, you know, sometimes, you know, but I, but over the years, you know, with uh, SoundCloud and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of the website it used to be, but there was a place you could go lease beats for like $20 a beat ten dollars right. and uh you know so um i saw my studio go from where you know i could be selling beats too to where like within a i want to say maybe 2000 you know 10 to 2015 like the to where i went from you know selling a few beats here and there to where like i was literally only engineering and getting an hourly wage for engineering the sessions like artists were coming with beats they had ripped off youtube yeah and beats I've in hand basically yeah for multiple artists you know some guy will show up to the studio with a beat and i'll be like where have i heard that before and i'll go yep. and view a folder from two weeks earlier i'm like oh so-and-so recorded on that beat too you know so <laughs> it's uh yeah. but yeah the uh the, the music is fire the talent is there uh i think like you said the uh smoke and mirror aspect in front of it all and the marketing and, you know, you know, what's how, how bigger and fancier can we make it? And, you know, uh, so yeah, man, 
I could well, cool. I don't want to say it's all bad because they're well, no. You know, the music music is 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 the world's universal language, man. You know, yeah. uh, if it's good music, everybody will bob their head and feel it in their soul, man. Right. All right. Well, I've got a few more questions here for you. I don't want to keep you all night. I know you've got a life outside of this. Um, <clears throat> but one of the questions I always want to ask is, what advice would you have for aspiring producers, aspiring musicians from uh, all the years that you've done it? What kind of advice would you give if somebody's listening and they're like, I want to do that? What would you tell them uh, over the years that you've learned some advice? Um, learn how to be advised by a lawyer um, and somebody, especially if they're like, if you're a serious music and artist, protect your name, protect your music. But uh, as a producer, don't delete anything. Don't delete anything. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure that you know your rights uh, because, you know, I mean, I'll have to admit, you know, uh, you know, that was something, you know, that I, I, I had to learn at, 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 at a bad time. You know, you, you know, you, you wake up one morning with number three song on iTunes and now you're having to chase these people down in Nashville to try to get paid. You know, it's not, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not fun. So, you know, protect your name, um, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're registered with like BMI or ASCAP, uh, library of Congress, you know, know how to, on your trademarks or images name you know nil you know name images and likeness if you're not going to get the money somebody else is going to see the talent in you if you're really good enough and they're going to get paid off of you just because you didn't know your your rights and and stuff in the music business you know it's it's a, the music business is uh is is as shady as it ever was oh yeah <laughs> you know, and you, that's any genre you know, there's always somebody who thinks they're smarter than you that will make you believe that you need to take this little bit of money up front and do seven albums. And, you know, you're going to be big and famous. And we both know people that, you know, that's just not <laughs> the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, your we've name all... and your image is, is out there and your likeness is out there, but your bank account's not what it should be. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's really good advice uh, about the lawyers be able to, you know, and, and, and have everything legally correct, especially for a producer, because like you said, I mean, in today's society where they can rip beats and pull beats and sell beats and lease beats and everything like that, you yeah. know, just it's real. I'll tell people it makes a difference in, uh, in like, you know, from, you know, I'm just going to use one situation. For example, they sell the, the song anywhere from 89 cents to a dollar nine on iTunes or whatever, when you download it, you know, but you, as a producer, you should get, you know, every bit of, you know, a quarter of that, you know? So if we're talking to the song sales for a dollar, you should be getting a, a quarter per download. And if you end up, you know, not, doing it right you can end up getting just like five cents per download <laughs> so, right you know, yeah. that, and that, you know that's a difference in 20 cents on a oh on yeah a download. and that adds so, up when you're talking about plays that are reaching you know six yeah, figures and then when and lawyers get involved you got to pay them 30 <laughs> percent yeah so you don't even get back you know what you were supposed to get so but you know uh lesson learned and so yeah like if you're gonna if you're a serious music artist or a producer or engineer and you've got something hot 
and you get people really starting to look at it and your views are climbing, you're being shared, you need to go talk to a lawyer. And then when anybody presents you anything on paper, you need to, you know, you need to have a third party, somebody that's got your back for sure. Uh That's good advice. That's great advice. All right. So we got about two more questions here. Now, this next question, when I ask you this, uh, let's try to keep it clean. If there's some stories that you feel like you can't tell, because I know there's some that I can't. Uh, do you have a funny or just an interesting behind the scenes story, something that people want to hear, uh, something that you can tell me from your days of making music? Uh, well, I mean, if it's nothing that you think you can tell, I understand. Yeah, we'll move no, on. Well, uh, <laughs> I think I got one that would actually be pretty cool and actually people might might see where I'm coming from. But like when I was younger, you know, one of the before I could have a guitar or an instrument, you know, I used to, you know, my mom would get pissed off at me. Uh, but like, you know, she'd be in the kitchen trying to cook or whatever and everything was missing. And I would be out in the yard somewhere with the pots and pans and all the bowls turned upside down using the spoons, and utensils, playing the drums. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because you know, I was JT on the beat, you know, yeah. back then at three or four years old, I just didn't know it. But I'm out there beating and banging on the pots and pans like I'm, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, the, you know, behind the scenes stuff, uh, um, you know, uh, one of the things I, I one of the that. things. One of the things I learned about music is a lot of people think that, oh, man, I bet there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It's so cool when really in all actuality, it's just a lot of sitting, sitting and looking at your phone and just talking, you know. (laughs) Right. Well, uh, I know, you know, this from experience, you know, it's a lot of people think it's, uh, you know, all sunshines and and what is it? Rainbows and, you know. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's crazy how, you know, when, you know, you always had the talent and, you know, you, you, you were who you were and was as cool as you are, you know, but like, you, you, you know, as well as I do, like I was JT on the beat before I became a DJ, you know, when I, you know, I didn't start really DJ and doing stuff like that, private events and stuff until after after you know the you know the beats and recording you know business had dwindled uh but like once i became a dj it was like everybody started knowing who i was and remembering my face and i'm like you know uh so that's that's you know another thing you know i'm behind the scenes that you know like it's uh it's kind of you know it's cool like oh yeah y'all see me now you know yeah (laughs) but but you know uh you know just uh people are recognizing for some crazy things like uh i was at a football game with some friends of mine it was a uh uh louisville football game and uh you know of course this was after that up church song come out and i'm with Derek boards you know a guy that uh you know engineers as well now um but uh and a couple of our friends and somebody recognized me from being in the upchurch music video wow it was like yelling up at me from two stairs below it's like hey are you jt on beat you know so that was a you know i don't know if that's really behind the scenes but oh yeah definitely uh, definitely i really don't want to you know there's some stuff i could put on there like you said i couldn't really be (laughs) yeah and i don't yeah 
yeah because you know, yeah. me and you're such super nice guys you know we're you know we're but we I try we, to I, be. we both are real uh, i was i'll use the word deep rooted mm-hmm. uh, in the music scene you know especially me and you across you know multiple genres right like, that's one thing i respect about you dave is like you're you're hosting a podcast now and uh you know you're uh, great i think you're a great writer but you're a musician a singer you can do it all man like you, you wear a few hats i can't wear so well hey you know um the thing about it is and i tell people this all the time uh, my my love for music is not necessarily gone but my 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 focus has changed in my life and throughout the years i've got to do a lot of cool stuff meet a lot of cool people and i i even said it in one of my verses i you know i've lived the life most men would die for and uh you know next was the last real project i did thinking that well, what's next? And little did I know that what would be next for me is, you know, living a family life and, and, and being happy and humbled and, and just knowing that, you know, with my faith and my family that now that means more to me than anything. So that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about doing the podcast is it's my terms. It's my show. I can scratch that creative itch without having to be on the road or having to get away from my family that much, you know, and do things like that. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, last question here. What does the future hold for JT on the beat? Is there any projects that you're working on? Any projects you'd like to work on? Like what's, what's the future well, hold uh, for, for you? So the future for JT on the beat is, uh, um, you know, most recent, recently, I've been focusing on reinventing myself as a, a producer, which, you know, not just an engineer for like, you know, mixing and recording, but, you know, uh, creating compositions like making beats. I've, man, I've got more beats on deck than I think I've had in my entire adult life. So that's something to be proud of. Um, but uh, Indica Karoon Music. Uh, that is the company that is the movement indica room music and it's always going to be jt on the beat you know uh, 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 indica room south is the name of my portion of the indica room music uh, family but uh um, I, there, that's that's what the future holds uh i don't uh have any projects in the work as of now uh but i am creating uh, uh but uh and the one reason why I don't have any projects in the work as of now is because, uh, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll just say it. I'm searching for that next Cheatham County. Uh, I'm holding out for that. You know, right. I've, I've, I've let a lot of good quality beats go next for next to nothing. And that's something that in the future I want to try to avoid because I feel like every time I touch a keyboard or make a beat, man, it's, uh, it's, it's that man, you know, it's him, you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, I really am, uh, I, I think I'm as great as I've ever been as a producer, if that makes sense, uh, and it's because I've quit focusing on engineering and, you know, I've really wanted to uh, evolve, you know, to be relevant because they're, you know, you got people like Philly Phil who, like we talked about earlier, that's way younger than me. Uh, my daughter 
can sit down and crush it. I, you can make beats, Dave. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, so it's like, even as being good, it's like, it's not like riding a bicycle with making beats. I'm serious. Like it's, it, you can have talent and always go back to it, but there's, you know, like I talked about earlier, especially with computers and stuff, you know, trial and error, you know, if, you know, there's processes and things you have to do to get that extra whatever to, you know, everybody can make a great baseline. It's dope, but, you know, is it EQ'd right? And is the frequency, is it slamming? Is it, you know, uh, but, but the future for me, Indica Room Music, uh, that's the name of the company. There's actually a website, www.indicaroommusic.com. Um, uh, we'll have uh, we'll have beats for sale on that website. I know it's under construction now, uh, but uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, under Indica Room South. You know, Instagram Indica Room South, and uh, also Indica or uh, Instagram at JT on the beat. Uh, but uh but i'm i'm still cooking i'm i'm st i'm still working and uh i don't know what the future holds but hopefully you know more cheatham counties because i yeah. i don't want to be a one-hit wonder producer you know <laughs> i want to i want to add to that list you know well that 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 was going to be you know my next question for you you know is you know you you mentioned instagram uh indica room south jt on the beat bowling on instagram where are some other platforms? Just kind of let let the listeners know if they're wanting to hear some of your stuff. Where can they go to find that music? Well, uh, you know, uh, you can go to YouTube, and there's a JT on the Beat Bowling uh, YouTube page on there. Uh, there's only, you know, some a few things on the uh, on, on on the YouTube page for now, but. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, 2024 is the year that my marketing skills get right. <laughs> you know? Right. But, uh, but uh, you know, I've got, uh, you can go to iTunes and, you know, I've got a, a song with, a, you know, Upchurch on there that, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, just the beat I made or whatever. But, you know, you can find that song there, but you can Google me or, you know, uh, I've been I've been taking a social media hiatus for 2023, but uh, coming back in 2024, uh, it's going to be all music driven. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And uh, but yeah, well, hopefully, everything, uh, hopefully soon we'll get that solo project from JT on the beat. Hopefully one day. That's one of the things I'm wanting to hear is uh, I want you to put out something of your own. I know you've talked about it and uh, for 20 years. Let's yeah, it's been, long, it, you know, <laughs> it's been long. It's been long overdue. It has been as, as since I started. I mean, that's why I really got to producing and making beats and having a studio is because I I, I had to. Nobody yeah. would take me seriously and put me in the studio or listen to my. You know, they wouldn't even listen to my raps. You know, so I, I got a studio so I could record my own songs, and then I got so good at recording my own songs that everybody wanted me to record theirs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you know, it just, and like you said, 20 years later, here we are, because, oh, you yeah. know, and, well, and I'm you proud know, of it, man. You should be, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the changes you made in your life as well. I'm proud of all the musical influences that you've had throughout the, the country and, uh, I know that 2024 is going to be a big year for you, and uh, I know you've got uh, a lot left, a lot left in the tank, man. We're not done hearing from JT on the beat. 
So, uh, uh, man, I, I appreciate that. And I mean, I'm, I'm honored and, uh, uh, I really am, uh, uh, humbled to, uh, be one of the first people on, on your podcast. And, uh, I'm excited about, uh, what you do with this man, because, uh, you know, we always call you bigs, but you know, in everything you've ever done, you've done it big, you know? <laughs> so, uh, um, well. me and big Dave podcast, man, uh, it's, uh, I, I hope I didn't ramble too much, but it's, no, it's man, awesome. we're, we're right on time, man. We're right on time. Uh, so just so everybody knows you can find JT on the beat on Instagram, Indica room, Indica room South, look up the Cheatham County. He's and got other songs Snapchat too. Oh, he's on Snapchat, which I don't have Snapchat. That's a little bit too, uh, high tech for me, but, uh, we want to thank the JT on the beat. There you go. We want to thank JT so much for being here on the show. Uh, going to have plenty more guests coming up, but uh, I really wanted to make sure I had you on here because, like I said, again, you're one of the influences in my life. You're one of my support systems. And, uh, uh, you know, music aside, uh, we've always been there for each other, and uh, you've been there for me a lot. So I really want to just take this time out to give you your flowers and uh, let your story be told. And, you know, this probably won't be the last time i have you on the show uh i've got I'm not gonna say all the guests i have lined up but i've got some guests lined up that i think are really gonna knock everybody's socks off and uh by the time i get through it i want to circle back around uh with my initial guests and have another interview with them yeah, and kind of see how things going there and i just wanted to say if i could that uh, i look forward to the second time around because i know the questions ain't gonna be as easy <laughs> it's, well, going, no. it's going to get deeper so i hope the the me and big dave listeners bring their waiters because it's going to get deep yeah yeah so make sure you guys are listening on spotify just look up the me and big dave show the me and big dave podcast on spotify you can also find it on uh, apple itunes podcasts you can find it on google play youtube we'll soon have this as well just look up me and big dave show on youtube uh and we're just really excited for what we're going to do this year in 2024 coming up. JT, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have you on as a guest. And uh, I'm looking forward to everything that you've got coming up in the near future. All right. All right, man. Dave, I, thanks so much, man. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to All do right. it again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Me and Big Dave podcast. Make sure you share this with your friends, uh, like it, uh, leave a comment, uh, some questionnaires on the polls. All those help out our algorithm so we can get this out to more people so more people can actually tune in and listen and know about these great guests that we have on telling their stories and their advice for whatever type of job or arts that they're doing. And we thank you again. Until the next time, that's going to do it here for the Me and Big Dave podcast. Me and Big Dave. That was cool. I love you. I was going to dance for one song.